Anyway. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is what your listening to forecast here. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> wow. I'm Owen, and I'm taking over for Aaron right now. Just move him out of the channel and back in. Yeah. <laughs> auto mute him. No! <laughs> Uh, hey, welcome to Forecast episode 54. Uh, this is Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced every other Thursday. Uh, we're a group of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games to board games to film to just TV in general to just things that we interact with and sort of throughout our daily lives. Daily lives? Sure, that'll work. Um, if you want to check out some more of the things that we do, you can check us out at facebook.com forward slash we are the horizon community. Or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com. Uh, everything that we talk about here, we also put into cast notes that gets ported out to whatever podcasting app you're, you are using. So, that being said, let's hop into it with uh, what we've been playing lately. And Alex's list is like so freaking long that we may spend the entire podcast talking about it. He, he's Alex, been a busy boy. Why don't you just go ahead and tell us about all the work well, you this... haven't been doing in order to play all of these games that are on your list? <laughs> this segment's only two minutes long each, right? Yeah, two minutes. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know how I wouldn't have been doing work. I still have to go to work, you know. How could you possibly play have played there. this many games? Dude, I worked I mean, I didn't home play them all to completion. I haven't played this many games. Uh, well, secretly you have. You just don't tell us about it. <laughs> I don't know. Aaron's always conveniently like set to offline mode on all of his apps. Don't know why oh, yeah. that is. <laughs> 100% all the time. Because during the day, he doesn't want me texting him about why is he playing PUBG when he's supposed to be working. Actually, the one time, that one week where my trip got canceled and you were like, man, I had like 60 notifications about when you jumped on Mass Effect Andromeda. I was like, <laughs> you're such a stalker. That was, what, what app was Andromeda on? Or Apex. Was it, was it on Apex Origin? App. Oh, that's the reason why I was getting notifications. Yeah, because right. the Apex Be app would tell me when friends started the game. Correct. Uh. Yeah, I wasn't like specifically stalking you. It was uh -huh. it was the app's fault. Yeah, you mean like the other time when I flew into the airport and you sent me a screenshot of find my friends with me at the airport, even though you knew I wasn't your, supposed to be there. GPS location. <laughs> You're like, hey man, what are you doing here? Freaking get off of me. You can and find my friends. You can set notifications for when your friends enter a certain radius of an area of a of a pin. So I drop a pin on the airport and then set a radius of a circle around the airport and say notify me when Aaron comes in within this radius. Kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So, so whenever, his, whenever his flights just land at Dulles, it's just like, oh, he's dumb. here. So now every time <laughs> I land, I just have location services turned off until I'm far enough from the airport so that dumb. I know it won't detect me. It's you're not lame. dumb. It's not your freaking lame. What have you been playing? Um, so main game I've been playing a bunch of is this new one called Dungreed, which I saw on Steam and I thought it looked cool. And then I knew Caleb would buy it if I told him about it. So I informed him <laughs> that it existed and then he played some of it and said it was good. And then I bought it. So, um, we've been playing a bunch of that. It's, it's like a roguelike with, um, a lot of elements that you'd see in like rogue legacy where it has like the progression overall. 
Mm-hmm. More, I guess you could call it like a rogue light, not a rogue light. Are you just people, reading the Steam page get, where it sell where it says it is a two D rogue light? Does it say that on there? It actually no, says Dungreed is a two D side scrolling action game with two D rogue light elements. Okay, yeah, probably <laughs> because people get mad about that kind of stuff, like yeah. the like, distinction between rogue like and light, because rogue likes cannot have any form of like a. Progression progression that, that stays with you through mm. the runs and so this just just had like a moderate amount of progression yeah like, so you level your character and you'll get um like abilities and power-ups mm-hmm. based on what you put points in so there's a couple different trees that you can level um so you do that but every run is still the same like you're just going into this dungeon and trying to clear these um these floors of the dungeon and beat the same bosses but every time you go in you're a little bit more more powerful and also it oh, still okay. has all the the random generation stuff of um that you would expect from roguelikes like uh, random random drops of weapons and right um there's like shops scattered about you can find stuff to purchase it's got a lot of really cool systems in it though cuz like you're building up this town outside sort of like rogue legacy again um where you're unlocking new mechanics to like add to your progression and add to your ability to be strong earlier Mm -hmm. and i haven't even gotten a lot of i'm sure caleb can speak to some of the stuff yeah in that regard it actually might be more similar to like a darkest dungeon where you build up this town and unlock abilities okay well that would explain that (laughs) (laughs) i've made it a little bit farther than alex and i the the most recent two shopkeepers that I found because you like go through the levels and each section of three levels is like a has like a theme to it like dungeon or forest or something like that. you'll find a NPC somewhere in that level and you can like bring them back to the town and then you can build a building for them and then they like do whatever so they one trains you one gives you an item every time when you start stuff like that uh, the last two that I found. One of them unlocked like at least 15 different items, like when you unlocked them, which was a really cool addition because they're really strange items compared to the rest of the items in the game. And another character I unlocked added like different sort of play styles that you can choose before you start. Oh, what? Which was really changed the game. Uh, not completely, but it, it, it changes how you move through the dungeon this time you're going to want specific items or not others interesting it's pretty cool so that's like the the latest run i had which is the farthest i've ever gotten i actually tried to build my character like towards crit like Mm -hmm. crit chance and and crit damage and i had um a throwing dagger which has base crit stats on it and it's ranged so i was just like throwing these super powerful daggers around levels constantly and I that was really good. So like I I feel like I never tried to build like a certain path before. So it's kind of right. cool that you can actually do like a mini, almost like a mini like a RPG character build each run. Yeah, it is. And like I could have gone towards power, just like overall power, or I could have done like a defensive build because there's a bunch oh. of armor that kept on dropping. Um, but I I went for the crit build. So that I mean you can go move speed, attack speed, that kind of stuff. But the the main thing I really like about the game, though, that that keeps me playing is just the movement. I really dig because you you 
have your jump and you have dashes and you can dash in any direction from anywhere where you're at currently. So you can like air dash or like dash backwards or like dash through a floor. And it gives you this freedom of movement that makes you feel really cool, I think. Mm -hmm. And I've upgraded the movement tree to a point where I have a double jump and I have a third dash that I can use. So I just feel jumps, like I'm flying around everywhere. <laughs> both the jumps and the dashes also deal not a lot of damage, but they deal, do deal damage. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. It's cool, because when you get like a, a huge sword that you're like carrying around, and you're like jumping through the air, dashing through somebody, and then slashing behind you where they are, and then like dashing through another person. It's just fun. Got cool mechanics that way. And it, it feels the, the controls feel tight. Yeah. I think. And what's interesting is that it's it's like when you look at it, it seems like a game that you would play with a controller, like most oh, of these gosh. other games. But it's totally a mouse and keyboard game. Yeah, hundred percent. Which is super weird, but like <laughs> you have to have the precise aim with the mouse to be yeah, able just to like because dash directions and impossible. Yeah, like you're aiming ranged weapons like super far away across the screen and stuff like that. Oh, dude, that's so easy. With the controller, <laughs> it's just not as precise with the controller. It doesn't feel good at all. It's mm. weird, and and like the default stuff it tries to give you is the keyboard and mouse too, so it knows that. That's really cool. Okay, that, well, that you, was you've only used up about games. ten seconds, so you got plenty of time left. <laughs> yeah, just uh, keep going, man. A lot of these other ones will be shorter, I think. Um, we played some need to go need to go. We need to go deeper. I can't speak. Um, you got it. I believe in that you. game. So you, Caleb, and also you, Aaron, played this with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is kind of like um, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, where you're all piloting a vessel and manipulating weapons outside the vessel and all that kind of stuff, uh, except for you're in a sub and you're trying to go deep in the ocean. You're just trying to get really deep. And it's kind of like a roguelike in that sense, where you start every run at the surface and just see how how deep you can get. It has and some graphics really on... Yeah, what? Go ahead, Caleb. I was going to say, it has some really fun, like, party mechanic, like, party game mechanics, where, like, two people on guns shooting outside, and all of a sudden, like, some type of alien grabs onto your ship, and then the tentacles, like, punch through the hull, and they start whipping around inside the ship. You have to like get out of the gun and start like hacking them off with like uh, scimitars or whatever, and so <laughs> you're all like running around the ship inside trying to kill all the enemies. I don't know. It's, it was fun to play with people. I think a really fun game for that. Yeah, I think that that adds a little bit to it because because the key difference between this and Lovers is that you cannot see both outside and inside the ship at the same time. You're only seeing one view or the other. So, and they, they use that with like the, the monsters attaching to your ship and stuff like that, because there's a lot of times where you have to be able to see inside the ship to like fight the tentacles or whatever. But right. then if you're inside the ship, not looking outside, there's all sorts of stuff out there that's bad. So you have to try to maintain this awareness and it's, it's kind of cool. Cause like there are portholes inside where you can see outside and it actually, they actually reflect like what's outside and around you. Um, but you can't really see that well, but it, it, it's a cool effect. I think it's a neat it's game. I like the art style. It's kind of funky. Like 
don't yeah, even like know, know what to compare that to. Hand drawn ish. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Maybe Slam a little. Uh, I'll take that. What's that one game? Don't starve ish. Yes, they're very much like that. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah. Very much that art style. Okay, so you've you've only used about fifteen twenty seconds. Uh, what <laughs> else have you been playing? Um, so I started playing Neo finally, N I O H. Yeah, I'm glad you're coming to this like only a few months late. Only. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I'm playing I'm playing it off Caleb's account. Like I didn't even buy it myself because I don't like Dark Souls, and everybody just is like, this game's basically Dark Souls, but like you're a ninja or something. And I. It's weird, but I actually enjoy this game. Like, I feel like it's not quite as punishing, maybe. Like, maybe it's a little bit easier. You have more movement options available, I feel like. Um, like, Dark Souls is all super, super slow and, like, plodding. And this is just, like, fast enough that if you mess up once, it's not, like, the end of the world. Like, you can still get out of the way without right. getting pummeled. What else? Keep going. Hang on. About Neo. My favorite difference between Neo and Dark Souls is you you have like multiple weapons equipped at the same time. And you can do these sort of combos. Well, there are actual combos for the weapons individually, but you can do these other sort of combos where you're hitting with a weapon and you swap to a different one real fast and like keep hitting them. Or I guess they're stances, aren't they? Oh my gosh. Wait, you didn't even know this? I haven't even tried to do that. What? I just switch weapons every once in a while. I haven't tried to switch like mid combo oh, or dude, anything. Oh, dude, switching switching the combo is how you do it. Oh no, oh, that sounds so cool. It's I need to so try that. Good. Yeah, the it, other difference it makes is that it has like really interesting combat as compared yeah. to Dark Souls, where all you do is also dodge it's got like interesting weapon. weapons. Like I'm using some yeah. freaking weird like chain, yes, kunai and chain thing, Kusaragama or something like yeah. that. Oh, it's so good. Those and the Tanfa, the Tanfa are amazing. Uh, I haven't tried those yet, but oh, they're I, great. it's got some unique, interesting weapons that keep it fun. And also mm-hmm. it's got more layers to the combat mechanics where you have like stances where you can be in a low, mid or high stance. That'll give you like a range of more defense to more attack power. And it also affects like your, your stamina and your movement speeds and stuff. So, I mean, that's super cool. And I don't, I don't know. That game's that game's pretty neat. Pretty cool. A lot of it plays the same as Dark Souls though, like with the soul dropping and yeah, punishing combat and all that. Anyway, uh, I finished Super Mario Odyssey. Finished which? How? So yeah, I, I got credits. I didn't do all the other stuff yet. Okay. Um, game really opens up when you get credits. I realized that i had like 20 minutes left in that game <laughs> from when i stopped a while ago wow um and so i just finished it and you stopped that close to the end well i didn't realize i was that close but i apparently Wait, how I did was, you find after out went, you were that close after i went and did it because i was like oh yeah i need to play more of this game and then like i sat down to play it and then like 20 30 minutes later credits are rolling i was like oh she's not believe oh. i left that amount of the game there okay <laughs> just didn't finish it um, I just wanted to say that the end sequence of that game confirmed for sure where I wanted to put it in the uh, top 10 list. 
I think I, huh. I rated that number four on my list. Yeah. Like the final the end sequence is so good. It's a good game. The, the, the Bowser stuff and where it puts you after the credits, like, I don't know how much of that is spoilers. I mean, it's been out for a couple months, man. Yeah. And if you're going to, you know, for a while. spoil so, some of those movies down there, I, th- I think we might as well just keep going. I'm not really going <laughs> to spoil the, the movies. But the, so you beat Bowser at the end. Shocker. Um, but that happens in a Mario game. And everything starts collapsing around you and you have to save Peach. So you use your hat to take control of Bowser, which adds this whole new layer of weird thought provoking <laughs> questions to like because bowser is sentient and you just freaking take over his mind like the entire wow, the game the frogs aren't sentient you're take well no because <laughs> like you're just taking over like random monsters and stuff that are just like kind of mindless like animals it, it's a difference between like if we were in real life and you could take over your dog or you could take over your brother like <laughs> I would never want to take over my brother. <laughs> it was just super weird. And like they they acknowledge it kind of because when you take him over there's this montage of like all these other Mario games that Bowser was, has been in and like kind of like little clips from all those games and like basically like all of his memories and everything. And I was like this is so weird. Yeah. And then you play this awesome sequence as Bowser and you like feel awesome doing it and everything's breaking. You're carrying Peach out. And then the game ends and it goes to credits. And then after the credits, it puts you in freaking the Mushroom Kingdom at Peach's Castle, which I'm pretty sure you haven't been at since Mario 64 in any of the other games. And it's like a beautifully rendered yeah, modern it's, version it's of it. Almost the Mario 64 version too. Like it's, it's the basically same that. It's like the same level brought into like a modern. It's like kind of like um somebody went and modded it into a modern engine or something. It's weird. Hmm. But it's like so nostalgic and cool. So, yeah, I was just really happy with the end of that game. I'm really disturbed that you don't really find any of these other creatures to be sentient. I don't, I don't think they're like. <laughs> I mean, there's so many beings. creatures in the game. Now I'm realizing you just you have a low level of respect for all other life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been playing since your list is still not done? Um, I I played Necropolis with my brother and Caitlin, and we finished that game finally. Caleb tried to. Um, play. Caleb tried to play. He didn't have a GPU, and he's getting like <laughs> six frames a second. It was great. Oh yeah. Uh, that is another game that's sort of like Dark Souls that I actually like. Um, and it is sort of roguelikey in in that you do runs and try to get it through the dungeons, and there is a set number of dungeons that you have to get through. We've never got to the end, and is we finally Soul-Z? got to the end. It is. I feel like you say it's Soulsy because you have like rolling. <laughs> it's, but it's I like feel the like same it's... it's the same combat you get a sword and a shield you lock on to an enemy you circle strafe them you dodge roll you hit when I, they're not moving I feel like for something to be soulsy it's gotta have the souls like dropping stuff punishment. when you die you can go pick it up I mean you gotta have like those mechanics The those are other souls mechanics but it's the souls combat 
dropping souls has nothing to do with the combat in the souls games i know i understand that but i feel like it needs to be that to have the soul like souls like i mean thing it's like an even more extreme version of that essentially because if you die then you just start over entirely yeah it's just more (laughs) roguelike than it is souls like I would define the Souls games by their gameplay because they're all like action combat games that are very punishing. And yeah, they have like these other mechanics around the edges that try to make the punishing aspect of the combat sting more and that you lose a bunch of stuff when you die. That's those are like together they make the souls like recipe. Okay. Souls like versus not souls like. Let's table it for a second because we're freaking twenty two minutes in and Alex hasn't finished talking about all the games he's played. <laughs> he's he's uh, played a lot of games, man. Yeah, Necropolis, <sighs> I feel like The one thing I had to say about Necropolis is that they need to balance armor because we went through the entire run and I didn't find any armor. It was like a four and a half hour run. I never got armor. Oh, you poor thing. What the heck is that? That game's fun though. It's, it's got the souls combat, I will say, (laughs) and it is co-op, which I don't, you know, you can play souls game in in co-op if you like trick the system and, and get your buddy in by like, lining each other up and and calling somebody in at the right time but they're not really co-op games so to have a game like that built around co-op it's kind of cool for someone who doesn't like souls games you seem to be playing a lot of souls games you know uh you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) well it depends on who you ask wait wait is does alex still have more he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. So, oh in conclusion, yeah. I would I would recommend that game probably. I played some Fortnite. I would not recommend that game. Uh, wow. It's funny because so many people would. Yeah. I know. It's weird. It's taken off in such a way, and I don't know why. Because it's just not. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't play that well. I don't think. Like I, I played. Your... Bo- I played both versions. I played the single player. Uh, I and really, I played. I really the, feel like it's because of the Xbox or console, just in general. Sure. So yeah, I play. I played this. The not. It's not single player. It's like the co-op version. They call, they're calling it Save the World now because they have to distinguish between regular Fortnite and Fortnite Battleground or whatever mm-hmm. Battle Royale. So I played some Save the World. It's mostly the same as what I played like a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um with it's it's prettier i will say it's much better looking than it used to be um but not very fun i don't think very samey and then the the main thing that everybody's playing is the battle royale that game feels nothing weapon, like pubg it's just like weapons like float around and are like glowing so they're like super easy to spot from far away um so looting is not that engaging i don't think um wait hang on you think looting's engaging why i mean <laughs> not really but is like this what i don't understand about PUBG. like in PUBG, you're just like never know what you're gonna find and you're like coming up to a house and you open a door and something's laying on the ground and you get excited 
Yeah, and then and somebody then sitting in the corner. Of pants. <laughs> a pair of brown oh. pants with a patch, and you're like, it's a level three fest! Well, yeah, because a lot of times it's nothing, but I'm saying like in Fortnite, you can be like across the field and see in a window, and that's there's like a green glow, and you're like, oh, that's a rare. I need to go over there. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So... Hmm. So it takes a lot of the randomization out of the game then. Just like the... Yeah, because you're not having to like run through everything. Yeah, I don't Not know. randomization. Uncertainty. It takes a lot of the uncertainty out of the game. Also, I feel like it feels way smaller. I don't know why. But the map feels way smaller and like the game is faster. Which I don't think is a good thing. I don't... Like the rounds didn't last that long, I feel like. And then the other thing is they always end the same is that you start the game and you may get a kill or two or whatever, or somebody may kill you or whatever. But if you get to the end, uh, the last or couple whatever. circles, you get to the last couple circles, all the people that are left just immediately build like the tallest tower that they can with the materials they have oh my and God. sit up in these towers that they've constructed and try to snipe each other. It's and so that's weird. the entire thing. Why? And, and like sometimes you'll choose the wrong spot to build your tower and the circle will collapse on your tower and you'll have to abandon it. And I think you just lose then. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> wow. it sounds pretty bad. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. Um, yeah. I've also been playing a lot of PUBG, which might contribute to what I, I feel. I think it's about just that. a different realm of players. You know, uh, being a console guy prior to being a, PC guy, I really feel like I could play in those realms. But being a PC guy now, it's like it's different. I like the milsim aspect. I like the sort of precision. Right. And playing things that are more arcadey really does feel like I don't know. It feels like old, like last gen console stuff to me sometimes. Does that sound weird? It's made for baby. A little bit. <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's just age bracket of the gamers, really. Right. Uh, like people before us would play Arma. People that were older than us. I guess that's true. Before all this happened. I mean, Frank's been playing Arma since he was like thirteen. So it's true. That Frank Frank is not a typical case. <laughs> We've also um, got back into Dota. Some. Okay, there we go. I don't know how you feel about that. How I feel about that. Yeah, I think I you've lost every it. game that you've we've played. Well, I won the first one we played because I played Faceless. Oh right, but Is then the second game won? we played, uh, I wasn't playing support, so we lost because we had no awards. And then the third game we played, it was like the second game we played, and in that the other team just picked five cores and we couldn't shut them down, so the game was just over basically. Mm-hmm. I'll have you very, know, very satisfying. You know, one out of three games. You know, for a second here, I was like, hmm, should I have played Dota the other day? It sounds like no. I think ah! it's still fun. Sounds like not at it's all. It's still really it's still fun. fun. Like, I don't mind losing as much. I just am annoyed at the, like, aspect of people who don't know how to play specific roles in the game. And don't get me wrong, I will never play hard carry. I am, like, terrible at playing hard carry. But that's why I never freaking pick it. And if I pick anybody who's even in that realm, I'll just take them off lane or something. Also, we've been playing like weird modes where you don't get as much choice in what role you're doing because like the heroes that you can pick are limited. We haven't just been strictly playing all pick. 
And I'll have you know that one game that I wouldn't buy awards, I was not support. And I was sticking to that. Um, Even though were... I leaned, I was not support. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I was like half juggling that whole time. I was buying core items. We had a, a AA and an Earthshaker on the team that could have easily bought wards. Oh, I know. I'm well aware. But guess who ended up buying wards? That's right. Mid-TA. Buying all the wards for the game. I mean, you bought wards like at no, I bought like the last the game. 10 minutes. No, the maybe. wards that were on the map were me. I was buying them pretty consistently from, I would say, like about 15 minutes in. Doubtful. Go back and watch it. Uh, okay. All right. Hey, guys, guess what? It's only been 30 minutes. We've made it through Alex's list oh, of games. Yeah. Oh, holy crap. Excellent. <laughs> oh, you ready uh, for me? We already uh, talked about Dungreed. I've been playing so... Dungreed. All right, let's go. Awesome. I've been playing Dota. Hey, All right, let's go. What's Dungreed? What do you we should playing? talk about that. I played Overwatch. What? There you go. Oh, I'm you said, awesome. you've, been play, you've been playing some PUBG. You oh, guys yeah. played Rocket League. You should talk about current day Rocket League. I played a round, a single match of Rocket League. <laughs> it is still Rocket League. I anyway, love going that game. on. Yeah, you played some Overwatch, and since we can go ahead and move into video games now, since we've gotten through everyone's list, because Alex's <laughs> list covered everyone else's list, basically. <laughs> um, Overwatch had an update today. Today? It was today, right? Not yesterday. The announcement today. Okay, no, sorry. The announcement. Is, uh, um, we have an, our 27th Overwatch hero, uh, Brigetta Lindholm, the daughter of Torbjorn and the goddaughter. Hold of, on a second. What? Do they actually pronounce her name Brigetta? Yes, it's Brigetta. Why? Because that she's seems Swedish. like so. It's like, Brigetta. Oh, gosh. No, that's like what millennials name their kid because they want to be cool. They nope, go into, the little kid goes into school, they're like, oh, hi, Bridget. It's Bridgetta. Bridgetta. It is, in fact, Bridgetta. Uh, she is the daughter of Torbjorn and the goddaughter of Reinhardt. She's also Reinhardt's squire. If you read the comic, she's the one that was like patching up his armor. Uh, and that actually has a lot to do with what she does inside of the game. She is a support, but built as a tank. She's kind of crossed between the two. She has like a personal Reinhardt shield, uh, but then she just show, uh, throws armor out to people, and like it's a fuck ton of armor. And mm-hmm. her alt is, also does that. And the nice thing about her is that the armor will heal you up to whatever your max health is. And then whatever extra there is will then become armor. I so, really and she like hits people with flail to do that, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. no, she has little. Um, what do you call it? Um, she's got little like armor packs that do that, kind of like Torbjorn's, but they're slightly different oh. because Torb's R- only pack. add a Torb yeah. only like adds armor to you. This right. heals you, and then any extra adds armor on. Caleb, you're talking about a passive. She has this called Inspire that just says when she hits enemies with a flail, she heals nearby al- allies over time. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I like. I, I was reading actually through this character, just like what they are doing with this character. It seems cool. There, I don't really feel like there's a lot of uh, durable supports in the game at all yet. Um, everybody seems pretty. I don't know, weak. Yeah. Uh, I do like the aspect of the shield bash. I think that's something that's just kind of cool, like taking damage to something that prevents you from taking damage, and then utilizing that damage to sort of dash forward and stun an enemy. 
So you kind of have like a cool little balance with if you're going to put up the shield, somebody's going to shoot it. They also have to be aware that once it's down, they may get stunned. Yeah, which I think is I think is kind of a I don't know how far the dash is, so I guess we'll have to see how that balances out. But it's uh it's an okay. It's not like super far. It's not like yeah. a a Reinhardt charge. I mean, it, it's it's a very close bash kind of thing. Right. Right. Um. But, well, it but seems it, cool. It, it, this this seems like a necessary addition to um maybe a different play style of 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 hero. Uh, I definitely think it's a different playstyle, and I definitely like it. Uh, it, it's cool to see the crossover between the two. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think this is going to be pretty dope. I, I, I am about this change. <laughs> are you, are you, it sounds like you're, like, not normally about <laughs> the changes that Overwatch makes to their heroes, Owen. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe well, because the mercy. It, yeah, maybe <laughs> because they keep freaking nerfing the one character I liked. Uh, maybe it has something to do with that nature. I don't yeah. know. Well, I guess it's what happens when somebody plays a lot of games. They're just like, no, no, let's or a lot of the same hero. They're like, no, no, let's put out an update. We need to nerf them. I have an I have an update. What is your freaking update, Alex? You didn't place a word until 21 minutes, and the game I ended said 15 minutes. minutes. That's six Ooh. minutes difference. Woo! Got him. I said you maybe about words like maybe the last 10 minutes of the match, and it was and actually the last eight minutes of the match, so Excuse I was generous. Wow. wow, that was not a long match at all. When was the first ward bot? That's what I want to know. Is that a 29-minute match? Really? 19 seconds. Okay, after the initial words <laughs> oh, in the gosh. game. You can't count those. <laughs> I bought a sentry at 10 minutes. Venno bought a ward or some amount of wards at 15 minutes. And then I just started buying wards. Okay, fine. And then you, you bought them at I'll 21, you, almost you 22. You didn't start buying them until the last 10 minutes. Whatever. Fine. Oh. But I was buying wards, and I bought more wards than anybody else. That's what freaking matters. <laughs> anyway. So back to other update things. Um, I, I've, I've clearly been really annoyed by this, and so I wanted to mention it on the cast. Like, like I like the way that Overwatch is getting an update. They're like posted, like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna update Overwatch, and it'll be like ready to play." When is the when is it gonna be up on the PTR? Owen, do you uh, know? I think she's on the PTR now. Okay, yeah. so great. Yeah, we didn't do a over, we didn't do an update in the middle of the freaking evening in the United States when a lot of people are playing video games, like PUBG uh, has been doing for like the past six weeks. Uh, I think I think the the thing to do is what Blizzard has always done, and Which anyone is? that's ever played World of Warcraft knows that I used to, I a used day. to be Tuesdays. I think it was like yeah. Tuesdays, and it was always like mid morning, like mm, ten eleven a.m. Eastern time yeah. was when they would shut down the servers and they would work on the servers for like four hours. And you always knew that they would do it. They did it every single week. Me, like, it, it was one of those things that you could always count on it being there. You always knew it was going to happen. And you always knew that, like, you just did something else for those four hours. Yeah. So the consistency never bothered you that it was down right. for four hours. Right. Because you knew it was going to happen. Right. What well, upsets... Destiny's done the same thing, too. I mean, yeah. they've been pretty consistent about their updates. Like, I think most of them have been on Tuesday mornings as well. What I, what I feel like upsets you is when... There is no rhyme or reason. It just happens. Yeah, with no notice. Uh, for some reason, I can't log into PUBG. Let me go check their Twitter. Oh, yeah, four minutes ago, they posted we're going to be down for three hours for making an update. Thanks, guys. 
appreciate it. <laughs> Not even like a day of. No, it's literally a tweet warning. when they shut it off. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, I mean I... sometimes they do post, "Hey, we are gonna be shutting down the server for a couple hours," but even when they do that, their hour, like their time frames, are never accurate. They used to say one hour, and then they kept going. So yeah, then they started saying two hours, and then that was not long enough. So now they're saying three hours. I don't know. They're also, like, consistently taking longer than what they say they're going to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I mean. Like people are complaining about that. Uh, I think for the most part, any companies that are located in, like, where most of game developers are in like the west coast do it some, I, sometime mid-morning i think it's just during the week warn your players have a thing that pops up and warns your players every game that i've played there's always a little thing in the bottom left that just like pops up and it's like hey we're doing server maintenance or whatever you know it may affect your gameplay in a couple hours right you know they they do it for overwatch they did it for wow they do it for a bunch of different games they did it for halo like it's just it's there and it's really easy, so I do not understand why other games companies don't do it. If you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna shut it down randomly and do that, I, I feel like the least you could do is just be like, "Hey, you know, don't." Yeah, and here's then, what's gonna happen. Yeah, like you looked on Twitter. I would have never looked on Twitter, so I would have never known that. I would right. have literally just been like sitting there spamming it for an hour, thinking my game was broken. <laughs> Well, I'm glad, Owen, I was there to rescue you from that. You you did, in fact, rescue me from that, and I, I appreciate you. Uh, other event things I wanted to talk about, too. Um, Owen? Yes. Should, oh, should... <laughs> yeah, speaking of event things, that's a, that's a good segue there that I completely missed. Um, <laughs> it is good uh, bit, the Owen. Pikachu. Uh, well, it's not really Pikachu event. It's the 20-some birthday of Pokemon right now. So Pokemon Go is having an event uh, to celebrate the birthday. Uh, there's a bunch of Pikachus with hats. You can go and get any of those uh, Pikachus. They're the same ones from last year's birthday, so it's not like they're new Pikachus or anything like that. But it's still a cool event. And speaking of that event, uh, last weekend, they had the Community Day, which was the second uh, Pokemon Community Day. And for those that don't play Pokemon Go, uh, what these like Community Days are is basically... <laughs> it, it's pretty much like the one day um you know come out and play pokemon go with your communities this day we're gonna have special spawns of some sort or a special thing so this one was they had uh an increased spawn rate of dratinis everywhere in the world for three hours the dratinis had a chance of excuse me uh the dratinis had a chance of being a shiny variant so that means they were blue Uh, not blue uh pink and um uh the so you just like went out and you captured these uh pokemon and it was a lot of fun i went with a group of friends here kevin and um alex and bendy yeah i went totally well different alex (laughs) um but but i gotta make that joke I went with uh, <laughs> I went with others, uh, and we all grouped up down in DC, where the DC Discord was holding their group meetup. So we met up with just I think it was literally like a hundred people that were there at the FDR Memorial, uh, and a bunch of them are people that I normally raid with when I'm at work and such like that. 
So, you know, here we are all hanging out, capturing Pokemon uh, together. And it was just, it was really cool to see the community come out. It was really neat to hang out with friends that play this game. Um, Oh, and every time you talk about Pokemon Go, you sell me on it. I mean, you sell me on it, Owen. Thinking about going and downloading it right now. It was just a lot of fun, man. I I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. It was just, it was what it was, and it was great being that. I dare you, um, Aaron. Do it. Yeah, should I? Yeah, and do it right now. I have a couple guys at work. Not kidding. And they're like, I would say late 40s, early 50s. They play Pokemon Go at work. And I'm like, y'all didn't even grow up in the generation where that was a thing. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Okay. I mean, hey, to each their own, I guess. Uh, so, in addition to the events, um, they're also working on a like is it a card game like an actual physical card game what are they working on oh right the card oh. game beta <clears throat> that i'm kind That's of playing right now i don't think um, oh it's not related yeah <laughs> it no, just it's all not looked related. together so i was like i'm assuming this is related no that's not uh as as some people might be aware there is a uh very old card game it's hitting about 25 years old this year um and they're making a new like online version of it that I got in the beta of. I can't say the name of it because yeah, I signed... really skirt that NDA. Uh, I, I signed the <laughs> NDA. So uh, you you may have heard of this game before. Um, it's uh, it's fun. It's a fun fun game. I'm excited to see it come out. Man, um, me too. Whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, it's it plays exactly like Hearthstone, except huh. it was the original. Huh. I'm curious what it could be. I'm curious about what its uh pay system is gonna be like though, because I feel like that if they make this game free to play, which they have not mentioned, um if they do that, a lot of people I feel like are gonna stop playing the game. Well, uh, the, like physical version or yes, the, this the, new the version? physical version because stop why, playing the physical version why play the physical version it's gonna be like people that don't use e-readers <laughs> oh, just like the feel of the cards <laughs> I, I, I just it's it's just one of those things that like you know there's there's no real reason to to do it and... i guess it depends on what they're charging for things like if you have to buy packs and stuff like that and it turns out to be like more expensive than the regular version of said game. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, it's free to play. The system currently, they, you know, you just play, you get coins, you spend it on packs to then do things like Hearthstone. Um, so, it, it, if the, if that is the model they're going for, if they are going for the free to play thing, I, I, I mean, I, I'll stop buying physical things. Also, isn't there a lot of stuff like? to do with like physically meeting up with people and there's stuff like yeah see but here's here's the thing about that yeah the community is a bunch of sexist douchebags wow (laughs) so i have no problems not seeing that community wow oh my gosh uh i i was gonna say like um like you won a bunch of cards in something that you did before i did and like how is that going to be addressed or is there going to be stuff with that or is that limited to being something you can only do with like physical cards because i wonder if access like 
they'll print cards from now on that will have like access codes that unlock it in the app or something. Well, then when that lock that it to that person, to then you wouldn't be able to trade those cards at that point. Yeah. Put, uh, yeah, I, that's a good point. I guess not. Let's put DRM on these cards. I mean, you could still have the physical cards. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and it's. Just, uh, I guess if you didn't worry about the digital version, you could just. Needless to say, it's get a neat cheaper thing. versions of the cards. It's pretty maybe. fun, probably. And uh, I'll I'll be happy to discuss this and talk more about it when the NDA is up <laughs> when, and I can. When you can. Uh last but not least, in video game world, Caleb, you've been playing a new game called Into the Breach. Yeah, this uh, came out yesterday, I think, right, Owen? Yesterday? Yes, okay. yesterday. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is by the uh, the people who made FTL. Ooh. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not like yeah. FTL very much. It's still got the roguelike element, where you have basically one run you're trying to go through and com- beat the final mission, and you're unlocking new... Not new ships, but like new groups as you go. So you have a, a squad of three people who you start out with these three mechs. And your goal is to fight off these alien creatures while protecting like the area, like the buildings and whatnot in a, in a specific area. And each mission you have like certain objectives you want to reach, like killing so many enemies or only taking so much damage or whatnot. But most of the combat is actually done with movement like you have one your first robot that you start with he has a punch move where he punches somebody deals a couple damage and it knocks him back a space you have a robot with a cannon on it that shoots somebody knocks him back a space and you have an artillery that shoots a spot and knocks all four around it back a space and when you knock something into something else they both take damage so you're like maneuvering around this battlefield tactically moving the enemies around dropping them into water to like instantly kill them or pushing them into fire to start them to catch on fire. And it's it's really interesting. It seems like a lot of fun so far. Does it really just... I mean, this seems less about the character and much more about position in this case. Oh, just, far more. Okay. Positioning is so very, very important. A lot of the people in the reviews keep on comparing it to chess. <laughs> wow, like actual chess? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. One of the one of the most interesting things you can do is you can move the enemies around. Like, they they telegraph their attacks at the beginning of your round, so you know exactly what they're going to try to hit. And you can move them, and they'll still hit in their respective, like, zone. So if you move one guy that's that's hitting somebody up one so that he's aiming at his friend, he'll still smack him and deal damage. And so you can like position them to kill each other or knock them off the map or whatnot. Hmm. And you can unlock different squads as you go that have different, completely different abilities, starting abilities. Is this the second game the FTL guys have come out with? I think so. Wow. It's been a while. As far as I know. Yeah. Oh, if you buy it on uh, GOG right now, you can get FTL for free. Woo! Who doesn't have FTL at this point? Case, yeah, Am I right? Am I right? Gosh! Um, it's pretty good so far, though. Play it. Additionally, in, in sort of not necessarily as much video game realm, but kind of more in board games, um, I think there's a common theme developing where something just fails miserably in video game world that they just decide that, <laughs> hey, we should just try this out in board game world and maybe it'll work. 
Agents of Mayhem is going to be making their foray into board games at this point. I don't know. Alex, are you the only one who really played much Agents of Mayhem? I didn't even play it. I was excited about it. it, And then I watched a bunch of people play it. And I read a bunch of reviews. And it does not seem good. Super poor. Super poor. The board game itself looks cool. um, Like the actual board. Because it's like a multi-tiered like buildings. It's like a flat surface, but also has like stacked buildings where you sort of navigate in and out with your heroes. So it looks looks cool from that aspect. Maybe they maybe, maybe they can recover from the terrible thing that they released uh in, in video game realm. Uh additionally board game wise, Caleb have you just been playing more stuff fables? Yeah. So, Are you just continually excited about stuff fables? I mean it didn't come out that long ago. It only shipped in like january or something uh-huh maybe early february anyway i played some more this weekend because i got to finally play with some people sam and cassie were here so we played with them this board game is so freaking good it's so <laughs> well designed like every aspect of it it blows my mind when i play it oh it's so good we need to it's, play it a whole bunch it's better One of the than best mechanics it's okay. It is my mystics, but it is just directly better in almost every way. Wow. If not every way. Oh, it's so good. One of the best mechanics. So you lay out the enemy cards along this track, sort of like my mystics. And you lay out the number that there are players. And the way it plays, you grab five dice out of a bag. They're randomly colored. Black dice are bad. And then wow. all the other dice just sort of help you. Yeah, I didn't really think about that before saying that. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, if you draw a black die, what you do is you take it and you put it on the initiative track next to one of the cards. So you start at the top and you fill the cards all the way down. Okay. And as soon as there are as many black dice on the initiative track as there are cards for the enemies, the enemies take their turn. And what's oh, really interesting cool. is when you kill an enemy, it takes their card off the track so that you need fewer black dice for the enemies to actually get a turn. Oh, how balanced. Which is a freaking awesome mechanic. That's so really cool. Good. So you really have to be picky about when you're going to eliminate like people from the like uh, enemies from the board. Because right. otherwise you may put yourself in a situation where you eliminate someone early, give them all a chance to go prior to like the rest of your team maybe even have an opportunity to go. Right. Huh. That's or you just don't unique. draw a black die. Well, yeah, pro. but that's exactly. not really very easy. Other yeah. people have drawn like two die, two blacks at a time at my table. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing that I really it's liked cool about. I, I really liked about the the track, like uh, for Thornwatch. Why I thought it was so mm-hmm. interesting in that, like, you really have to cooperate and coordinate as a team in order right. to defeat any one of the enemies. Because once they move to the bottom, right, you can't just like one hit kill them. You have to move them to the bottom of the track, and then you also have to deal more damage once they're there. Right. So, I. I don't know. I, I both of them sound really unique. I really like this this idea with the the dice, though, sort of stacking that, and then as you remove players, it just brings them closer and closer in terms of initiative of when they are actually going to attack you. Mm-hmm. And even, it's really cool because like the the dice drawing from the bag, like each of the different types do different things. So you're like, it's got the randomization of pulling the different colors out, and then you also have to roll for whatever you're trying to do with that color. So I don't, I, I like that. Yeah, the play mechanics are really good too. And even even the book is super duper well made. Like the book that's the storyboard and the 
game board and the and the yeah. I mean, the book was because pretty well made has... for Mice and Mystics too, though, wasn't it? Oh no, this is so much. So much. <laughs> you play you play directly on this. Like you flip a page, and then that's oh. the board for that chapter. And is you like, like read a... the story on the same page. Is it all hardback oh, man, pages, that cool. or is it like just like paper? They're all like laminated. It's like yeah. Huh. Okay. And One spiral, of the best parts about bound. the book, a bunch of all over the book, all over it, next to like different specific rules sections, there are QR codes. They take you to a specific spot in their tutorial video that explains like every rule down to the wire. Oh yep. my god! It's gosh. phenomenal. Can, can I say Illumat needs that? Illumat has <laughs> that. I was Ugh. just gonna say I bought Illumat and uh, Illumat. There was a little thing that was like, "Hey, go to this website," and there's a YouTube video there that will explain how to play Illumat. I feel like, I feel like that's and new. It was it was in the rule books, man. It was yeah, in the, say, that that to the video. This is so much more. This is <laughs> yeah. so much <laughs> better. Bill. My, just scan a QR code. Directly better in every, every way. Every you board game. You scan a QR code and it takes you exactly to the rule yeah, that you no, need. That, that, like is, that is better. Jeff to Kaplan it. pops up and he's like, guys, today <laughs> what we're going to talk about is... Oh, it's it was, so it was funny. Like Caleb was over for board game night and we had far too many people to play this game. And the entire night he's just walking around and like, man... It, like first of all, there's a bag on the ground that Sam and Cassie brought that has stuff fables in it. You could see it when you walk by. Every time he goes by, it's like, man, best game ever right there. <laughs> best game ever. Dude, I cannot explain how good this game is. It is uh, freaking uh, phenomenal. At random times he would just be like, Hey, you know what the best game ever is? <laughs> stuff fables? Yeah. Yeah, like stuff you, fables. Maybe I'm oh, wrong, but so I, feel, I feel like you have this um Sort of, you 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 play something, whether it's a board game or a video game, and it becomes literally the greatest thing you've ever ever touched. And it doesn't oh, change dude. very often, but when it does, it's like nothing else matters. Like everything oh, else is gone to the bit. back burner. But I like mean, me, when you play the greatest board with, game ever, you I know, get but I'm excited about it. <laughs> the difference is, like, when I get fascinated with something, it's like instantly just change over to like that's the thing, and then like two weeks later, I might just be done with it. Who cares? But you is like a super level of commitment to once you've decided this is the best board game, that's all you're going to play until, <laughs> of course, the next board game, best board game comes out. Because for, for a while, because for a while, it was Betrayal House on the it Hill. It would be the only board game I would play. See? But at one point, people would you have to play stayed? other board games, including ones that I don't want to play more than once a year, but whatever. At, <laughs> at one point, would you have said that you would have played Betrayal of House on the Hill as the only board game you would have ever played? I don't know that I ever liked Betrayal that much. I'm pretty sure you did. I don't think I ever liked Betrayal as much as I like Stuffed Fables. Well, that's because you didn't have Stuffed Fables then. Yeah, it's just a better board game. In every you know, way! You know, on board game night, we had two copies of Stuffed Fables in the house and we had eight people playing. Oh I know. my I gosh. even suggested that we should split up and play in two split groups. Split four and four. <laughs> I even suggested that to Sam and Kathy when we mentioned it. Uh, that's funny. Guys, we could all just buy a copy of Stuff Fables, have a camera that points down on the table, and then individually <laughs> move everybody's die and player pieces at our houses so we feel like we're all there. We okay. can set up TVs on each corner and have your faces projected with cameras also watching the other people. What? If I had a scanner, you know, you know, it would already be on tabletop sim. Wait, you don't have a scanner? <laughs> like Who doesn't 100%. have a scanner at this point in their life? I don't life? have a scanner. I don't have a scanner I, or a printer. I don't need that crap. I told him there's scanning apps for his phone. Yeah, you can literally take a photo of your phone <laughs> in it. That's like 
That's like oh, impossible. You say that's like impossible, but dude, I'm pretty sure they're a higher higher resolution than what you can get out of a scanner. I have to position my phone for every no. page in that book. It's no. like it no, it auto it like it, it it'll auto uh correct in terms of like um orientation. All you have to do is get it flat over the top of it, let it scan it, it'll scan it in nicely. Just do it. Be okay with it. No, that's going to be awful. Putting it in a scanner would not be awful. That would be awful. <sighs> let's, uh, let's move on from stuff fables just so we can stop hearing Caleb Why? talk about it. It's the best what? thing we're going to talk about the, all night. So I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, since you know we're, we're approaching the hour mark, I figured I'd just let Alex finish our last 30 minutes off here talking oh about gosh. all the movies that he's seen uh, in the past. I don't know. This was probably like a week worth of watching movies here. My guess. Yeah. 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 It's pretty freaking ridiculous how many movies you watch. I kind of like started doing movies instead of shows at some point. Mm. I understand. During the past week. And then I just watch a bunch of movies. I go on these kicks. Watch a bunch so of let's... anime. Can't watch anything else. Then watch a bunch of regular TV. Can't watch anything else. Let's talk about a, a couple of, of these. Let's start with this. You and I have both seen When We First Met. Oh, and yep. Caleb, have you seen When We First Met? Nope. No. On Netflix? Okay. Um, really, the one reason I told Alex to need to watch this is because it has uh, Alexandra Daddario in it, and that's like Alex's end-all, be-all. Um, but it also it's contains... What? An attractive young lady. <laughs> yeah, is that is that how you phrase it? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it also uh, has that one Robbie scene. Amell, which is just freaking weird. That guy's so weird. Everything I see him in. And it has Mel's brother. I think cousin. Uh, Aren't they cousins, Alex? Uh, Alex, are you there? Are you listening? Yeah. Who are we talking about? Robbie, Robbie Amell. Steve Amell. Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're cousins. Is that him? Yes. Man, they sure look like brothers. I could swear they're cousins. Um... I don't know. It's kind of unimportant. The important part about this is I really, really, really enjoy watching movies with um, Adam Devine in it. And I really feel like they did not utilize him or Alexandra at all in terms of like story content. It was like a, this was like, this felt like to me, like when Netflix started releasing all of those movies where they had what's his face starring in them because he wasn't starring in any movies anymore. Yeah. What's his name? Who did, um, gosh, what is his name? Adam Sandler. Oh, remember when, no. Remember when Netflix had like six Adam Sandler movies come out at the same time? And they're like, yeah. hey, got a big star. I don't watch those. Yeah, I know, because they're poorly written and they're pretty terrible. But the point is, in this case, I felt like the writing in this was just not very good. The, the story concept was cool, but I don't know. What did you, I mean, you yeah. tell me what you think. So I watched it without looking at anything about it. So I had no idea what the story was going to be about. So it was kind of crazy when time travel happened. Yep. Because I thought it was like just a non-supernatural, like standard rom-com type thing. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, if the writing's not particularly great, but I'll say the same thing I told you before was it's it's one of those movies. It's, it's basically, you know what you're going to get. It's not not going to be anything like great but it's an entertaining hour and a half or so 
And it's, I just, you know, you, you get your sappy ending and all that. Yeah. I just really felt like they had a lot of potential and they kind of just didn't hit it. Some funny moments. Adam Devine's good. Of course he's good. He can make even terrible lines sound good. Alexandra Dario's good. I didn't huh? know that was Robbie Amell. I didn't know who that was. Oh, man. Um, and I, I did know the other girl, uh, Shelly Hennig. Mm-hmm. He's, she was on Teen Wolf. Oh gosh, uh, I know her from one that. of your other favorite shows. I watched all of Teen Wolf. Not not that bad. Uh, not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> it's really not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> Slowly. Oh man. I'll say no. okay. Teen Wolf better than Shannara Chronicles. That's any most things are better than Shannara Chronicles. They're both uh, MTV scripted series, I believe. I've only heard bad things about Shannara Chronicles. Yeah, except it's, for Travis. Uh, not that good. I feel like he remember, was into it. Remember Travis was into it until the last episode? Yeah. Yep. Right. And then he was like, don't watch this show. Oh man, that was funny. Uh why don't you just keep going through the list of movies that you've watched since there are so many on this list? I'm just not gonna slow you down. You just you just talk. Okay. Uh Mute, which is another Netflix original, uh starring Alexander Skarsgard. And mm-hmm. what's his name? What's his name? The guy what's who name? plays Ant Man. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. But Paul Rudd in like a super dark, like evil role, which was actually name, really right? cool. It just feels wrong. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> that's okay. Um, like super dark evil role, and like with this great mustache. Um, and I. Like satisfying really liked 70s him. mustache. Yeah. I really liked the atmosphere and the whole look of the film. Um, I did not dig the movie that much, though. Like, overall. Mm. Mm. I really liked Paul Rudd's performance. I thought Skarsgård was completely wasted. Wait, well, does like, he talk first at all, all in the movie? He, he does not. A he single line? Well, I don't, you know. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's got uh, I mean, something yeah. messed up with his voice box or whatever. He can't talk. He's mute. And so he's just got this stupid look on his face the entire movie. Um, And it's not as, it just wasn't as satisfying as I wanted it to be. Also, it's like, there's some some content in that movie that gets to the point where I'm like, a little slimy or cringy about Whoa. like stuff they're going into. And I was like, I don't know if I should be even watching this. <laughs> wow. I'm not That's old rare. enough for this. The last time that happened, I'm you were watching s- enough for this. <laughs> you're watching sausage party. I think. Yeah. I mean, they, they start digging pretty deep into like some weird pedophilia stuff. And I'm like, uh... <laughs> I don't know if I'm old enough to watch this. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so yeah, I don't know that I'd recommend it. I mean, it does have like that whole outrun aesthetic, which is really cool looking. Yeah. But you know, and, the like, good the news shots is good it that. came out almost the same time as altered carbon, altered carbon and, and altered, altered carbon like is freaking 300% better. Oh, come on. Pretty good. Do not, do not, do not only give it 300%. <laughs> I might be one of Netflix's best series that they've put out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My mom says it's her favorite show. Wow. Period. 
Yeah, period. Like she's transitioned to it's her favorite show. Period. Wow. It's not. <laughs> it's not home or whatever that show is with all the horses and the terrible acting. Oh my god, the, that Canadian soap yeah. opera thing. Freaking that is the worst show ever. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's the Arrow. She likes the horses. Um, the Arrow is the worst show. It's pretty close. Pretty pretty close. Mm. I don't know the hundreds up there. There's a couple other things as well. I watched The Shape of Water, which is Guillermo del Toro's latest. How was it? Um, super good. I like that movie a lot. Uh, it, it's weird. Heard good things about it. It looks like my the first trailer shots I saw made me really think of like Hellboy and the guy from Hellboy. The yeah. oh yeah. What I can't the, even think the, what that guy's the creature name is. in this might as well just be like the same Hellboy dude. Oh like really? Almost the same design. Except for he doesn't, he's not a scientist. Except he's not a Yeah, I, the movies, it, it's such a weird film. It's so weird, but it's, it's so cool. And like the, the direction of the entire film is so complete, I feel like. Like the entire thing. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, yeah, you, I mean, you're talking the we're talking feeling about... of the entire film is just like such a striking thing. I don't know. I don't we know are talking about for. we are talking about Guillermo del Toro, though. I mean, you got to remember, right. like, he has done some really freaking weird stuff, like Pan's Labyrinth, both mm-hmm. the Hellboys. Um, I mean, just in general, like. He's involved screenplay, screenplay-wise stuff, and a lot of really unique stuff as well. I think he just, just I'm just remembering now that actually he did the Hellboys, and now that's why he would look yeah. like just like the character from Hellboy. Okay, yep. He must have when he made that, he was like, man, I like this character a lot. He's just, if he wasn't a scientist, he'd probably be a really <laughs> good main protagonist. Like he didn't I'll have to talk. think of something. Yeah. Um. And uh. Oh, what's his name? Um. What's the actor's name? I have to look it up. What actor's name? What are you talking about? The main actor in Shape of Water? Michael Shannon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. Yep. He's pretty fantastic. Also pretty weird. And then uh, Octavia Spencer's in it, too. She's so good in it. And her name's Zelda in the movie, so that's a plus. (laughs) So that's a plus. Um... We'll move on to a couple of these other movies uh, real quick before we end. Um, Murder on the Orient Express. Actually, I think this just came out uh, on DVD and Blu-rays recently, didn't it? Maybe not. Anybody know? I don't know. Sorry, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, one said, person who might know. <clears throat> yeah, Murder on the Orient Express just came out recently, did it not? Yeah, on okay. on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's all the stuff is like Blu-ray releases. I watched yeah. these at home. I didn't go to the theater. Um, if Caleb and Owen, I don't think either of you have seen Murder on the Orient Express. Um, no, nope. You should very much so watch it. If I heard only it. to see like the most glorious mustache holder mechanism. Oh, yeah. you've <laughs> ever seen in your entire life. His mustache is legendary. <laughs> I know that. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, there's like knowing that his mustache is legendary, and then there is watching the movie and understanding what having a legendary mustache really is all about. Um, additionally, as you watch this movie, if you know nothing going in, uh, like one of the coolest parts of the entire movie is just at the beginning as they're introducing all of the characters because you're like, oh, cool, they got a big name actor. And then like nine big name actors later, you're like, holy crap, they can't possibly have more people in this movie. <laughs> but oh, wait, they do. Because they just, I mean, it's insane. The amount of people that are in this movie. That's true. I Yeah, that is, that, I had the same experience because I, I specifically didn't watch anything. This is one of the movies that when I was in the theater, I closed my eyes and plugged my ears when the trailer for this came on. Oh, <laughs> smart, smart. Because like, I, there's a certain movies that I'm like, I know for sure I'm gonna watch that. So it's like, and also it's a mystery movie, so I didn't want them giving away anything in the trailer. So, which I'm sure they probably gave something away. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I didn't really watch. I think I only watched the teaser on this. But. Regardless, very good movie. Um, it was cool to see Daisy Ridley play a different role other than just in Star Wars. Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, I actually liked her in this. I don't. I think. I mean, I don't think she was spectacular, but I kind of liked the character she played. Are you saying um, that you don't like her in Star Wars? No, I do. I That's do. What I don't like. No, you I said I, do. I actually liked her in this. Sorry. Yeah. Let me let me <laughs> rephrase. <laughs> let me rephrase. I liked her in this. I just... <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that better? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, gosh. Forget it. Nope. Didn't like anyone. This movie sucked. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I Yeah. I was into this. Uh, I like... It, it gave me the Sherlock vibes of of dude that's really good at solving stuff. Solving stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm always down for that, so... And Although also this, the resolution of this movie is super cool. So there's that. Resu- I won't say. The resolution of this movie? Yeah, oh, you, you know, mean like the, the climax. I thought the... you were literally talking about the resolution that it was like oh, the yeah, bit rate. I'm like, baby. okay, man, cool. I don't know what's so different about it. Not like it's filmed <laughs> like in a freaking weird camera rate. Or, uh, yeah, what do they full, call it? Camera rate. Full 180. 1080. Frame rate? No, not frame rate. It's the... Owen, Owen, where are you when I need you? What's it called oh. when they when they record aspect when they make ratio? movies at aspect ratio? Yeah. Goodness gracious! Gosh. I, I was like, what 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 do you need of me? <laughs> Cut all that out. We don't need to look stupid. <laughs> no problem. No problem. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Whatever you need. All right. Do you have uh, any other movies Justice you want to talk League. about? I watched Justice League. We already talked about Justice League. Like, like when it came out, did we? Where have you been? Owen, yes. Owen hasn't even seen it. No. Because he thinks yeah, it's there's terrible. there's a reason, because I knew it was going to be bad. I also didn't watch Assassin's Creed, because I knew it was going to be bad. Okay, you cannot compare those, because Assassin's Creed might be, like, the worst movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's, it's pretty poor. It is, pre- it is a complete waste of Michael Fassbender. Let's just say that. I went into Assassin's Creed willing to give it so much more than it deserved, and it still let me down. Like, I yeah. wanted to love that movie. That's pretty. It's pretty terrible. The trailers like, play. I watched the Prince so of Persia well. movie before I watched Assassin's Creed again. Dude, I like the Prince of Persia. Yeah, was Prince of Persia that bad? I liked Part it. Talking about Sands of Time, right? The J- Jake Gyllenhaal one. Oh yeah, yeah. Man. I'll watch anything with Jake Gyllenhaal. To be fair, I watched it a long time ago, but it seemed fine. 
I'll give you a hint. It's a video game movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, uh, there was one that was okay, right? Tekken's Tekken okay? What? I don't remember. Freaking Mortal Kombat. That's like the only good video game movie. Yeah. The Castlevania series on Netflix, I think, is what Oh, I mean, that one's awesome. Before. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's so pretty good. fantastic. Uh, um, yeah, I watched Justice League. I did not think it was that bad. It wasn't that bad. I thought it was however, far better than Batman Superman. However, I really thought that the... You know, most things were better than Batman versus Superman. I really <laughs> thought... I really thought that the antagonist, just like whatever his name was. I can't remember his name. That's how Clearly, I didn't issues? care about him. That and he just was like not a very good villain. You know who's a great villain? There's Killmonger. a lot of great villains. Killmonger is an amazing villain. I don't know yeah. who that is. Maybe if you watch Black Panther and got with the rest of the world, you'd know who he is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to see that. I just haven't yet. So, did you guys see that they have now, like, worldwide, Black Panther has grossed over uh, $700 million? It's made money. Yeah, man. That they're, like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's doing super, super well. Like, way better than I expected it to. For a character that's not, like, a mainstream character. Like, nobody ever talks about that. Nobody I mean, ever talks yeah, about Black it's... Panther. They talk about, like, Superman, you know? But but it's it's just the representation, you know. People wanted it, and there it is. Yeah. I expect that uh, Captain Marvel is also going to be just as amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that one too. You know, I saw a post actually, just while we're talking about sort of Marvel cinematic stuff, is just like um, it was about how if you see somebody in a role, don't discount them for like the uh the, the character that they played because they may end up surprising with another character and it showed um chris evans playing whatever his face is from the fantastic four and then it showed michael mm. b jordan playing the same exact guy from the other fantastic four that was also equally as terrible <laughs> and how both of them had just reprised their roles in different and filled different roles in see, see the difference the there universe. is what? the fact that the mcu knows how to get people <laughs> the mcu yeah. has good roles which is what saved both of them yeah so uh fantastic four is marvel right it's just owned by fox right now or something uh yes isn't that the case still yeah. owned by 20th century fox okay yeah. 20th century fox so i bet if mcu did a, a fantastic four movie we might finally get a good one <laughs> when I, yeah when <laughs> i really hope they don't i just let that thing die We've tried that enough. Like, I, I'm also, just putting this out you, here. Disney like, is throwing so much goddamn money at this problem that they're going to own all movies. Not just yeah. some movies. Not just the movies for MCU. They will own all movies. <laughs> 50, 100 years from now. <laughs> Which we should be terrified by of, Disney. by the way. But I don't care because as long as I get... As long yeah, as I, I mean, get my Marvel movies, you know, and, and what they way. make, they they make well. That's the other thing. I mean, they've always made what they make well. Well, well. See, I was listening to somebody mentioning the fact that what Disney has started doing is the fact that when they stop being able to make something well, they start spending money for somebody else to make it well for them. Right. You know, they never had a lot of good 
um, superhero-esque movies themselves, really. So they bought Marvel because they knew Marvel could do that. Sure. They knew Marvel could knock it out with all of your action blockbusters. So they bought Marvel. And then they're like, hey, you know what? We don't have anything for, you know, the sci-fi world. Oh, yo, let's go buy Star Wars. (laughs) <laughs> and I, they're just they're just going down the line, man. They're gonna be like, yo, you know, we don't have anything for uh, any good romances. Yo, are they still making Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, do not be surprised when they start owning Nicholas Sparks and like James Bond and all of the other franchises. Mm-hmm. What if they purchase DC? That'd be they do it. I mean, you never know. The purchase Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they would like rebrand with like a parent like umbrella over the superhero stuff. Or if they would have like Marvel Studios produce DC movies. I don't think we can have Marvel Studios produce DC. I think that's a little I think it's a little <laughs> much. Yeah. I, th- I think that's sacrilege to a lot of people. That'd be crazy. Yeah, the the one story I put in here though is that the Marvel Cinematic Universe passed fourteen billion in uh, ticket sales, I guess, or okay. gross sales or something. I don't know. Which is they've insane. made fourteen billion dollars. Um, so two things about that. Number one, I think I've told you this before, but did you know that they don't actually like that's um not Marvel, but just Disney in general when they uh their production of movies is well surpassed by their actual attendance at their parks. Have we talked about this? No. I think so about how their movies just like, don't really make them much money. Oh yeah. But their yeah, parks yeah, yeah. just no, freaking we, kill we, it. Yeah. We, we have mentioned this now. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we've talked about this. Okay. So 14 okay. billion is like basically nothing is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's crazy. to Because think. that's over like, you know, how many years we've been doing this? Let's see. The first Iron Man came out in what? 2007, 2008. So we've done 10 for 10 years. We've made 14 billion dollars. Dude, I don't even want. I mean. Uh, one of my friends who works there basically said that, you know, their movies are just like a side thing that they do. Their real money makers are the parks. Number well, two, if you think about it, like they they incorporate movie stuff into the parks. Oh, yeah, they do. So, like, that's a, just another draw. Like, the movie thing is basically advertising for the parks yeah. at some point. Um, that's crazy to think about. I never considered it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never seen a thing of, like, hey, go to Disney World now, but I've always wanted to go to Disney World because, right. yo, they got Star Wars Land coming out soon. Oh, my I gosh. I know. Uh, so, here's the other thing I wanted to ask about is um, I'm really trying to figure out how and and maybe they'll just continue to just retain them in well i don't know if they will or not but uh the sort of deadpool realm of marvel um the r rated stuff yeah do you think that there's going to be any emergence of that and what we see in the non r rated stuff yes because here's why i asked this josh brolin pays two different people he plays cable and he also plays uh what's his face in infinity Thanos. war Thanos. Mm. <laughs> so, like, did he play both roles in the same movie? I could he? I don't know. I also don't know what happens to Cable at the end of of the second Deadpool movie. So we'll have to wait and see that. I but... mean, I don't think they're going to necessarily like merge over, um, y- you know, like merge Deadpool with it. 
But they're, I know that Disney has said that they're not going to touch Deadpool. Like, if they if the deal goes through and they buy everything, uh, right. you know, they're just going to leave it be where it is. It would be really cool if Deadpool just played on that a little bit and Cable at some point just met Thanos somehow. <laughs> Sick of looking I- at himself. I mean, I think that there's going to be definitely jokes about that itself in the Deadpool movie. I mean, if you looked at the trailer for the the Deadpool 2, he pulls out a uh, Deadpool doll dressed up as a yes. Woody from Toy Story. Yes. And he's got <laughs> the name written on the bottom of the boot and everything. Like, it's perfect. He's totally going to be sitting there making fun of the whole Disney and MCU thing. You know those jokes are going to be there. Very excited about that movie. Also, I'm just a huge fan of Josh Brolin, so pretty much anything he's in, I'll watch. Did you see uh, the the posters that were like Deadpool painting Cable and Cable painting Deadpool? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like the Deadpool painting Cable one is like he's looking at actual Cable, and then like the painting. Is just like super young Josh Brolin, I think. <laughs> is what it is. What? So it's like a joke that that Alexa, be quiet. <laughs> Alexa so, ain't having no shit. Like the that. other one, the other one came out a couple days later. It was like a response, and it's Josh Brolin oh painting Deadpool. Gosh. I see. But it. he's painting him in like the uh, in the, the X Men Origins old... Wolverine style. Yes. So like the weird mutant with no mouth looking thing. My gosh, that's so good. That's really funny. These posters are great. Okay, I really like that. Um, Anything else before we hop off here? I think that's everything. Alex clearly wants to talk about freaking miners here for a second. Oh, well, oh yeah, I gotta talk me, about the miners. Let me talk about the other one first, because like staying in movies, people seen It? Yep. Yeah, uh, Aaron Owen, have you seen it? Nope. Have I have you read the book. It. I have. I have watched uh, uh, with uh, with the Skarsgård. Which what? what? Was it was with the fucking Skarsgård. Whatever Skarsgård is, the the creepy clown guy. I've seen it. I've, I've I have okay. watched the movie. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I have anyway, not seen it. you haven't seen it. Do you no. know this? Have you read the book? Have you, have you nope. seen the old one? Nope. Was it okay. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> was it okay? So, something kind of disturbing I learned about the. I don't know how this, how much this information's worth, but at the end of the movie, they basically make like a blood pact or something. They like yeah. cut their palms and like stand in a circle and hold hands. Apparently, that's not in the book at all, because that scene replaces something else from the book. And what, what? that scene is in the book is like a child orgy. <laughs> It's like a literal sex oh. scene where all the boys have sex with that one girl that they're all pining for. What? <laughs> okay. They're I can in the see sewers. how they made a decision to not uh, put that in the movie. These are like twelve-year-olds or something. What? They're in the sewers and they freaking run train on this woman. And by woman, <laughs> I mean young girl. That's what? What? I. All right, that's weird. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure, okay. And sure I is. guess like the excuse is like it's symbolizing their loss of innocence or something, but it's a little oh, weird. It's don't symbolizing you think? their loss of something. 
<laughs> well said. Well stated. Uh, so it's yeah. That I I don't know. I saw I saw that today and I was like I don't even know how I came across it, but I was like that's super weird. Um so not sure what that's worth, but I wanted to talk about it. And uh yeah, I wanted to bring up that I saw an article that said um Cryptocurrency miners have purchased approximately 3 million GPUs so in many. Uh, 2017. My goodness. Yeah. 3 million GPUs. I mean, that's just crazy. I'm still looking like I was considering building a rig of some kind to mine. So I have um, alerts set up from now in stock that have like GPU alerts about what's in stock and stuff like that. And it sends me like where it's in stock and what the price is. And I'll get like updates like once or twice a day and I'll scroll down the list and it's all like thousand dollars, nine hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Like everywhere. And nowhere near you, right? Right. Yeah. And I also signed up for notifications from NVIDIA because if you purchase directly from the NVIDIA site, it's MSRP still. But they're all out of stock on any of this on the NVIDIA site. So they have like a notify me when it's available. I haven't received a single email from them saying anything's in stock. Wow. And it's been like two weeks. I mean, so, in terms of whether or not NVIDIA is going to email you, I mean, Caleb did sign up for GeForce Now how long ago? I don't know. A while. And still hasn't made it in? And I made it in? I've also been reading stuff about that on the subreddit. Everybody says it's actually really good. Yeah, it's really freaking yeah, great. Yeah, it seems awesome, actually. Yeah, it's really fantastic, yeah, actually. Internet to support it. Uh, I was running on uh, 2560 by 1440 at 144 frames per second with everything on Ultra in PUBG. And it ran basically flawlessly. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, when you're sending things directly to NVIDIA to render for you, to send back... They probably know what they're doing. Yeah. The, the only problem with that, though, is like the latency stuff. So, like, yep. you didn't notice Not, any almost lag nothing. in your, your inputs at all? It was crazy. Yeah, it was almost nothing. That's so weird. Because, like, all the streaming stuff nowadays, they all want you to be on a local network because it just can't handle being mm-hmm. remote. I mean, like, I was, I, I, was, I was actively watching, like, my up and down streams just to see how, like, you know, much data I was sending out. And mm-hmm. I was, my computer was actively somewhere between like 35 and 65 megs a second. Oh, wow. So I was definitely using <laughs> quite a bit of bandwidth in order to be able to do that. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, pretty neat though. I wonder what that means for like future. Like, no more graphics do you, cards. Do you People get to a gonna... point where you don't buy graphics cards for your home computer? Probably. I don't see why not. I mean, if they can start then, charging people on a, you know, like a subscription fee in order to be able to render the graphics right. for games on a PC, oh, dude, they'll make more money doing that than they will selling graphics cards. Anything that has to be a physical rendition of something that you have to move to somebody to sell it costs you way more money than something that's just like a non-physical item that you're on a subscription basis. Because well, then there's the other side of things. If you're using 50 megs consistently the entire time you're gaming, what it, what happens to ISPs? Like, do, do they have capacity enough to support a bunch of gamers doing that? 
Great question. Do do we run into more issues with places trying to put data caps on all the services? Yeah, probably. Uh, see, that's why you live somewhere where you just have Google Fiber. Or as oh, my dad now, calls it, Google Fire. Google Fire. Now that's that fine, Fire. and it probably will be fine for the foreseeable future because it seems like they're f- slowing way down on rolling out Google Fiber, so it's like yeah, they Google basically support the couple yeah, areas they have it. it. But like for national places, like Fios doesn't have any caps, and they always are actually providing what they're saying that they should provide. So mm-hmm. everything's been great so far in, in terms of that, but... I guess They've we'll see also how it... done stuff on mobile with it getting rid of unlimited stuff like everybody else and mm-hmm. then bringing it back and getting rid of it and getting, bringing it back or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. It'd be interesting because we also have a lot of like uh, in terms of just capping things like there's also a lot of states that are passing laws right now in order to maintain uh, you know essentially net neutrality and free speed. So there's no capping on anything. Washington State just passed one that's like pretty intense in terms of what it's what its intent is and that's to basically say we don't have to listen to what the fcc says in regards to net neutrality we're going to set mm-hmm. our own rules wow. um which is kind of you know it's kind of cool but that's kind of that's why we have a balance between state and federal government right when the federal government says one thing states have to be able to say i don't think so and challenge that in the supreme court so It'll be interesting to see as that develops. I mean, I don't know how many people they have in GeForce now. I assume, based on what I've read online, that it's a fairly limited pool of people, which is why yeah, it takes it so long to get in. Um, part of me thinks the reason that I got in... Caleb, when you were filling out your form, did you say that you used both PC and Mac? I don't think so. Yeah, I did. So, I wonder if that Maybe push me towards more towards the head of the line or something. You're Possibly. like, technically, there's a Mac in my house. There is. There is. And I'm going to use it on there and see how it works. Uh, anyway. Um, I mean, that could replace, it could replace your it. Steam link yeah. in the yep. living room. Yeah. That's, that's why I... Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much longer they're planning on keeping it free, but pff, seems like the foreseeable future, they're just going to beta test it for a while until they're... They feel like they're confident enough they can release it, which can't be very soon. Especially <laughs> with the limited number of people they have on it. With that, uh, I think we'll probably uh, hop off here. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, again, if you want to check us out, you can check us out at wearethehorizon.com or you can check out um, our Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash wearethehorizon. Uh, we do have some additional videos up there. Oh, it's been a while since we've done some video content. Only, only we could get somebody to do some of those videos again. <clears throat> Caleb. Um, oh, you're looking at me. <laughs> I'm not looking at you because I'm not near you. So, uh, oh, oh got, got him, <laughs> got him. Uh, on that note, we will catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McGoslin, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amair, A-M-A-I-R. We decided to try something out new at the beginning of this podcast this week, so let us know if you like it. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. 
Also, this week's podcast was again brought to you by Reclaim Industrial, a small but amazing shop of makers, designers, and fabricators based out of Bluemont, Virginia. You can check out their website at www.reclaimindustrial.com. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Oh, 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 oh,